Welcome to What's Going On, the weekly podcast and videocast of First United Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of What's Going On. I'm Pastor Katie here at First United Methodist in Yankton, South Dakota, and I am so glad you could join me for this episode. In this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the sermon series that we're going to be doing over the course of the summer, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the survey that we've been asking everyone to take. You might have tuned in this week to hear uh, kind of a recap of annual conference, and we will be doing one of those, but not this week. Uh, So keep tuning in, and I will uh, invite our delegates to share uh, their experiences of annual conference this year when it works in all of our schedules to sit down and do that. Um, So um, uh, just stay tuned for that. But until then, we've still got more things we can talk about happening in the life of our local church. Uh, And the first is that we kicked off a new sermon series this week uh, based on the work that Matt Mayofsky, Reverend Matt Mayofsky, did in his book, Let Go, Leaning into the Future Without Fear. I got to... uh, listen to Matt Mayofsky speak at a conference that I went to down in Kansas City and was just very impressed with him. Uh, And I really, uh, the first time I read this, uh, it it really had an impact on me. Uh, and, And it's my hope and my prayer that it has a similar kind of impact for us as a church. And what he's really talking about in this book, and I think uh, what he gleans from the Exodus story is, is how do we handle when big Uh, changes happen because, uh, and he makes a good argument in here where he talks about that change is actually easy. Um, It's, it's all of the other things that are hard, like to make a change is easy, but to make a true transition into something and to make, uh, to manage the change and to have it be successful, that's the difficult part. Like to change something, you can just up and change it. Um, and But it might not work or you might not like it, but you can do that pretty easily. You can just make a decision and change something like, uh, but, but sticking with it, making it successful, making it your new normal, those things are challenging. And, and that's kind of when we look at the difference between change and transition. And there's been a lot of changes that that I can think of that we've had in the last two years. And yeah, it's been two, July will be two years that I've been here, which seems crazy. And it's been probably the craziest two years of ministry um, that I've ever experienced. And the amount of changes that we've made uh, is kind of mind boggling to me, to be honest. I'm not someone who is a big change agent normally, but COVID kind of forced (laughs) our hand in a lot of ways. And so it's been a really interesting learning experience. And I would say that there's times where um, we've done it well and managed it well. And I think there's been times where that's been less so. Uh, And it's all a learning experience. And and as we figure things out together. But my hope is as we go forward that um, any change or transitions that we make as a church that we're doing Um, We're laying the proper groundwork, that we're involving the voices that need to be heard, that we're really um, making sure that the decisions that we make, we make together and we make as a church with the voices um, at the table that need to be there. Uh, And so that's part of the reason that that I uh, kind of felt myself drawn to this this series um, based out of Exodus. And that's what what this series is, is and, and you've heard that already, um, 
looking at a time in scripture in a time in God's people where they knew who they were in Egypt and, and they didn't, it wasn't a great situation, but it was what they knew. It was familiar and them uh, being, and, and they prayed for change, right? They prayed that God would liberate them. They prayed uh, for their suffering to end. But then we see that it wasn't just this like point A to point B direct, like I'm out of this, I'm living in the, in the new land and that was super easy and everyone's happy. Like that's not how it happened. And, and frankly, that's not how most things happen. Uh, in the, I think in the community of the church in any sort of group setting, but even in our own lives, change isn't and transition isn't really a linear experience. There's ups and downs, there's uh, starts and stops. There's times where we are questioning ourselves and whether or not we should have made the choice that we made. I mean, all of that we see in this Exodus story and, and all of it can kind of help us uh, process and help us as we look to the future of our church and, and what we're doing and what God is calling us to do and not to get discouraged in the process. Um, we, as a people, don't like to live in tension. We don't like to live in a liminal space between what we know and what we hope to be. Uh, that's a really tough space to be. And honestly, we've been there for quite a while as a church. Uh, and, and we just want it resolved. We just want to have a quick solution. We want an easy solution. We want, um, if we just do this one thing, then everything's going to be great. And we're not going to have any problems. <laughs> and, and, and I would love for it to be that way. Because, you know, as, as the pastor serving this church, it's always my uh, joy and my hope when things are going well and people are um, experiencing God and, and people are feeling connected to the life of the church and we're living into our mission and ministry. Um, and if I could have like an easy button to get us there all the time, <laughs> I'd always be really tempted to push it. Um, but the reality is the life of discipleship isn't always easy. Uh, and we see that also in the Exodus story, like a life of faith requires uh, some hardship at times because it is in those moments that that the rubber hits the road as you would say like that that's when your faith is tested that's when you know what you have you know do you really trust in God it's easy to say you trust in God uh, when everything is provided for but when things start to get hard um, where are you putting your faith where are you uh, putting your identity where are you um, turning to in your times of help and so I'm, I, the Exodus story, I mean, it's the central story of the Old Testament and, and for good reason. It, and it, and it informs us as well. It informs Jesus ministry. It informs who we are as well, um, because we would not be who we are as Christians without the story. And so I'm really excited to spend time in it this summer. And I, and I'm excited for, um, the conversations and, and, and hopefully the convictions that come out of it and, and that some of our God moments might be, well, what is God encouraging us to be doing? What isn't God encouraging me to be doing? What is the thing that God's been telling me to do that I've been too afraid to do? And I just need to do it. <coughs> and so I'm excited for what this can bring. Um, and I hope that you enjoy the series as much as I've enjoyed um, the book itself. And hopefully uh, God will use it for his glory. But in that same vein, um, it, 
I want to talk about this, the worship survey that we've put out and thank you to so many of you who've already filled that out, um, turned in either the physical copy you got in the newsletter, um, turned in a copy that you can pick up at church or go online and, and, um, fill it out. And we'll actually include a link for that in the description of this podcast so that if you haven't done it, but you're listening to the podcast, you can just go ahead and go do that quick. It doesn't take very long. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, what the survey is about, what we're trying to discern, and kind of where this came about. Um, And so I want to rewind and kind of go back uh, a few months um, while I was on maternity leave. My family and I came to worship at the church, uh, and it was really fun for me to be able to sit in the pews and to experience our worship in that way and gave me a lot of really great insight. And one of the one of the services that we went to was our Ash Wednesday service, and it was on a Wednesday night, and it was, we had six of five happening. The youth confirmation wasn't happening that night because we were they were told to go to the service and then youth group also was told you know this is this is what we're doing for the night and normally our midweek services uh, in any church is um, not typical (coughs) it's not typically well attended Um, anything that's kind of above and beyond Sunday mornings our regular worship uh, just that just tends to be the case, you know, it's out of the normal rhythm and, and, and things like that. So when we went, I wasn't really expecting there to be that many people. I didn't really know. Um, again, my previous experience with Ash Wednesday, we were coming just out of uh, a lockdown and so, or not a lockdown, but uh, COVID was still pretty rampant. And so uh, I didn't have a good sense of where this church was and the sanctuary was pretty full, pretty full of families and children who were sitting together and youth showed up to the service and some people that I hadn't seen in a while. And I was looking around and the thought occurred to me that they're here because they can make it. We have so many families in particular who, um, unfortunately, and it's not through anything that is their own fault, but just by virtue of, of wanting to be involved in the community, wanting to be involved in, in um, different activities, that they find themselves being pulled in many directions. What used to be true in our culture about keeping um, Sunday as a Sabbath day uh, just isn't true anymore. Um, you know, I think long gone are the days of uh, where no businesses are open on Sundays, Uh, You know, we don't even have our businesses really closed, even on holidays anymore. Um, And and now the norm is to have many tournaments, uh, different activities, different traveling teams, different um, things that are just scheduled on the weekends. Uh, Frankly, things are just scheduled constantly. Um, A family that has multiple children, if they have any interest in any activities, that family is being pulled in a multitude of directions constantly. Um, My family is, my kids are young enough that we haven't faced that yet, but we know it's coming. Um, And and the church has been struggling for a long time with what do we do about this? I mean, there's there's kind of two, uh, 
main ways to kind of go with it to handle it and and both are valid and both are um have good arguments for it. and one is um well you know Sunday is Sunday and that's God's day and we're not going to do anything on God's day and so you're not going to be uh involved in anything that that would be on that day um and and I think there was a time where th that could really happen because it was few things that were on that day and or families would make make it a point to try to work around it as best they can um, now there's so many things and it's just really a challenge um, for our families and and they feel like they're having to choose between church and their children and and that's a really tough place to be and it's a place i wish that uh that we weren't at i, I wish it was a place where um that the culture and in the world kind of didn't get to this point but that's where we are and so for us <coughs> we're always asking the question of how can we meet people where they are how can we um help families to grow in their discipleship and grow in their faith um but also like make this a, a realistic part of their lives um knowing knowing what they're facing and this church has had a history of doing that. And that's part of the reason that we have our 605 programming now on Wednesday nights is because the people in this church said, we are seeing that our children aren't here on Sundays. They're not making it because they, they have different commitments and different things that are conflicting. And so they said, let's try putting um, some children's ministry on Wednesday nights. And the numbers went through the roof because something that's sort of unique about Yankton is that um, the school system, not everything, but the school system has done a pretty good job of keeping activities off of Wednesday night after 6 p.m. Um, again, that's not every activity, that's um, but overall I've been pretty impressed that Wednesday nights are kind of carved out for family, for spiritual activities, for things like that. Um, and then that Wednesday night, that Ash Wednesday, and I was looking around and I'm like, yeah, yeah, people can be here because they're in town because, uh, because the other things that they are, they're normally in their schedule that's conflicting isn't conflicting right now. And, and then I began to imagine what would it look like for us to have a service that they could attend? What would it look like for us to meet them where they are, meet them in their need? Would I prefer that everyone be able to keep a Sabbath and, and to have that be on Sunday? I do, because I think that's what God intended. I do think that, that we do need to keep Sabbath day. We do need to carve out time that is not running around, um, that is uh, sacred and, and for for us to be together and for our families to be together and to rest. Um, I, I do get concerned seeing how busy people are because I feel like that's setting us up for burnout in the future and kids that are so busy, they will continue on that pace their whole life or they will burn out. And so how do we build in healthy rhythms of life? So, you know, would my preference be that? Yes. but my real preference is that we as a church 
are meeting as many people as possible with the message of Jesus Christ, that we as a church, as a community, are meeting people in their need, because that's what I believe that Jesus would have done. <clears throat> when I read scripture, when I read the Gospels, I don't see Jesus um, waiting for people to come to him. People do show up and come to him, but he's going around. He's meeting people where they are. I mean, <coughs> he teaches in the synagogue on the Sabbath, but he also then goes and eats with sinners. You know, he he's teaching at Zacchaeus's house. He's teaching in fields. He's teaching from boats. He's not limiting himself that this only needs to happen at this particular time of the week. Um, and so I feel like we are doing a disservice if we feel like the only time that church can happen is on a Sunday. Um, I think that it's very possible um, that we can create rhythms for people and meet them where they are, um, because I think that is much more preferable than to say, if you don't conform to what we have already established, um, then, then this isn't for you. Um, and so, I, and, and, and I mentioned as well uh, in worship a couple weeks ago uh, in passing, I also believe this is what John Wesley would do. Uh, John Wesley, part of the way that he reached people was not, again, waiting for them to come into the church. He was a priest in the Church of England, and it was in kind of a downward trend at that time. And so instead of uh, trying to come up with ways for people to come in, he would go out to them. He would go preach in the fields. He would go preach while they're working. And guess what? That wasn't on Sunday mornings. That was at different times. And then he would set up these class meetings for people. Again, that would meet during the week. And that would be people's time as a community of faith. That would be their time. He would encourage them to go to worship when they could because he wanted them to receive Holy Communion. Um, but I don't think that John Wesley, if given the situation that we are in, would say, um, yeah, if they can't make it when we've scheduled it, then they're just out of luck. I think his heart would be, how do we meet them where they are? Because I care more about, um, their discipleship than I do about our schedule. <laughs> I was just also thinking about the story where Jesus is traveling with his disciples and he goes and picks a wheat on the Sabbath to eat. And, and the Pharisees are there and are like, do you know that it's against our Sabbath laws to do that? And Jesus says, uh, the Sabbath was created for us. It's not meant to be Lord over us. And so it is meant to be in service to us, in service to our lives and, and not dictating our lives. Um, and so again, I think that there is flexibility and scriptural precedent for, for doing and trying something like this. Not only that, but we've seen other churches that have used this as a way to especially serve their families with children who are active in other community um, endeavors and other school sports or school activities or community activities, um, which are great things to be a part of. Um, and, and they found great success in that those families are then coming to church together as a family. They're dedicating that time together. They're actually spending more time in discipleship and learning in together as a family than they would have been otherwise. 
Um, and so that's the vision that we have for, for exploring this. Um, that's the kind of the, the reasoning behind it. Um, and what that is all gonna look like, um, I don't know yet. And, and I'm so grateful for the feedback that we're getting, the, the questions that you're asking. They're really great questions. They're things that we do need to think about and to be um, exploring together, in particular, uh, the concern. And this is a valid concern and one that we are taking seriously and, and thinking about and looking at what we can do intentionally is that to have uh, people worshiping on Sunday and people worshiping on Wednesday. It's like having two ships pass in the night and they and they don't know each other or see each other. feels very much maybe like two separate churches. And so what can we do about that? Because there is some sense that we feel that even with two services on Sunday morning, even with them being so close together. <coughs> and um, I think there is going to be some of that. Um, Tiffany and I have been talking about ways that we can connect our children with um, the, uh, our Sunday worshipers or the, uh, our traditional service people that don't tend to have as many children in their service. Um, so we're looking at ways that we can do that. I think our music ministry will still continue to serve uh, both services. Um, and so that is one way that we'll connect between the two. Um, but I'm going to put a thought and a challenge out there. And again, it is, if you want to connect with the children of our church, um, I'm going to challenge you to be a part of, of what the children of our church are doing. Um, if you would like to see the kids and you worship on Sundays, maybe come and be a part of uh, helping serve the meal on Wednesday nights, and then you see our families, and then you see the children, and you get to interact with them. If you want to hear an incredible testimony about how great Wednesday nights are, I'd love for you to talk with Carol Becker. Carol Becker is one a wonderful saint of the church, and I don't throw that word around lightly. You might think that I do. I do not. You just have a lot of wonderful saints in this church. <laughs> Carol Becker is the, in charge of the, the meals for 605. She has um, a group of helpers, but she definitely could use more and, and maybe even have people that can kind of rotate in and out. But Carol does it because she loves the children and, she, and the kids love her and know her. And they gifted her this year with her, her own special apron that she can wear on Wednesday nights. But that's how she gets involved and sees sees the rest of the church that she doesn't see on Sunday mornings and and they know her and she knows them also we'd love to be able to offer you know some different classes some different opportunities so maybe someone that worships on Sunday can come around and serve on Wednesday nights either helping uh, be an adult presence in a children's ministry uh, six to five, like Sunday school type room, maybe helping to lead an adult Bible study. Um, you know, I think that would be one great way of um, getting involved and, and seeing what's happening. Because Wednesdays, there's a lot of life in the church. And if you're not here, because um, there's nothing that's serving you, maybe come and serve and see what's going on. Uh, I think, uh, I think that's one way to to think about how to connect over is 
Um, maybe the Wednesday night service isn't your service. Maybe for you, Sunday mornings are when you want to worship God, when that works in your schedule to do so, and it just is what you uh, desire. And, and that's great, and I'll never go away, and, it, and it's something that we're going to pour a lot of energy and excitement into making that wonderful. But then what would it look like that as you are filled on Sunday, that you spend Wednesdays filling others? that you meet with these families and these people that are coming in. The end of 605 this year, we had a family start coming the last two weeks, the last two weeks. And those of us who are here were able to engage with them and uh, pour life into them. And it was wonderful and it was amazing. And if we're only here for worship, then we miss out on those things. But the other thing I thought about was if we had a worship service that night, we could have invited them into the life worship life of the church right then, right then and there. Um, and I'd love to be able to do that. And so I just, as you are filling those out, as you are thinking through, you know, some of the things are going to, that we, decisions we make are going to be logistical decisions. Um, it might mean that some of the things that are on Wednesday nights might get shifted a little bit or moved around or even moved off of Wednesday night to make this possible. But um, again, for me, I would say the highest priority is we are here to grow disciples. And we've got people in our church that are really struggling to make that happen with the schedule that we have here. And, and they want to be here. And they are here on Wednesdays. And so what would that look like uh, for us to meet them in that and, and create an opportunity for them to have a full experience of God and worship and in discipleship in one night and that they can bring their whole family and there's something for everybody. And so that's kind of our vision. That's kind of our, where we're going with things. Um, please keep filling out those surveys. Please keep asking the good questions. Um, and if you have great ideas for, for how we could maybe do things or uh, we'd love to know. We're, we're really trying to think outside of the box here. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited. But again, it's a change. It's, it's something we need to transition into. And so again, we're going to go right back to this. Part of the reason is, you know, again, looking at who's God calling us to be and, and what does that look like and how do we get from point A to point B. And so that's kind of what I wanted to cover for this week's episode of what's going on. I hope that you're having an amazing summer. I hope that you're getting outside and enjoying uh, the warm weather and all that Yankton has to offer in the summer. And I hope that I get to see you in worship very soon. God bless. Thank you for joining us on this episode of What's Going On, a video and audio podcast of First United Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota. We'd love to have you join us for worship on Sundays, and we have two options available. 9 a.m. is our contemporary service, and 10.30 a.m. is our traditional service. You can find those online as well at our website, www.firstumcyankton.org, or on YouTube. 